You're listening to the Champ Off-Road Podcast, presented by Amswell. Welcome everyone again to the Champ Off-Road Podcast, presented by Amsoil. I'm Shane Stetsny, he is Brent Smith, and Bark River is just a couple days away. This part of the season is a grind, it's just, you know, ERX, one weekend off, Dirt City, one weekend off, and then uh, Bark River, it's almost here. Yeah, absolutely, Shane, it's so busy, and it's been stacked up all season long, and these race teams can feel it at about this point in the season, because... You're trying to funnel down to get to Bark River, and then you know you have Fall Crandon coming. But Bark River, it's going to be a huge event, and you have to be energized. You have to be ready to rock and roll, and it's been taking a lot out of the teams, but we're going to see some good racing. Yeah, I fully agree with you. I'm excited to get back to Bark River, even though, as I always say, I'm a Crandon guy, born and raised, but Bark River, for my money, might be the best racing product on the circuit. Don't tell the other tracks I said that. But I love going to Bark River. I think it's a phenomenal track. It's a a nice mix of elements. There's a little bit of technical. There's a little bit of high speed. And then a lot that's sort of in the middle. It really demands a lot of the drivers. Yeah, absolutely. I I love Bark River. I always have. I mean, yes, I know it's my hometown track. But there's a lot of guys that this is their hometown track this weekend. And they're going to try to put together an A-plus status for the weekend. It's hard track. It's loamy, like you said. It's fast. They haven't really done much with the dirt, but I'm sure it'll work its way in throughout the day on Friday in practice. And it's something to see. If you haven't seen it, go check it out in person because I'm telling you, you want to say ERX is fast, Crandon's fast, and Lena was good, and so is Anago. I mean, you have Bark River that has everything, and we've talked about it all year long. Yeah, and another thing to keep in mind, we're towards the end of the season now. It's the final third of the season, so the rivalries are are flaring up tempers in some classes at an all-time high. Last year, if you remember, Bark River, of course, was kind of the turning point for Super Stock Truck and for Pro 2, where those classes spilled over into basically, metaphorically speaking, a fist fight on the racetrack. So do you think we're going to see some of that this weekend too? Absolutely, Shane. I think we're going to see a lot of drama this weekend at Bark River in a lot of different classes. This is the end of the season, toward the end of the season, at Bark River, and everyone's going to try to get as many points as they can for those final rounds in Crandon, and we're going to see a lot of great, great battles here in Bark River. Yeah, Bark River really never disappoints. You mentioned the points battles. You know me, I'm a numbers guy. I'm keeping an eye on that throughout racing this weekend. That's going to be a, a big part of the conversation in every class is where all the points battles are, and like you said, it's crunch time. Tensions are high. Drivers are pushing it to the limit. Absolutely. And talking about pushing it to the limit last year at Bark River, we seen super stock truck really do a lot of carnage throughout the race. And I'll tell you, hopefully these guys clean it up this week on the podcast. We have one of our drivers from super stock truck. You're absolutely right, Brent. This time on the champ off road podcast from super stock truck. It is Braden Boshaw. Braden, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Really good. Good, man. Yeah, we're doing great. Uh, Bark River, just a couple days away. You got to be excited to get to your hometown track, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm super excited. Uh, this is my favorite track on the uh, the circuit. So, um, no, we're excited to be there. So, Braden, we talk about you in the super stock truck class. I mean, you got some seat time now, but like you started off and looking into this class, there was a lot of veterans in the class. Were you intimidated by any of them? Oh, no doubt. Um, I mean, you got guys that raced even with my dad back in the day even 
nine, ten years ago, and uh, they're they're still here, uh, dominating now. So it was a little bit intimidating now, but or back then. But once uh, once you run with them, I mean, they're all they're all great guys. You can talk to them after the race, and um, no, it's just a great group of guys. And now it's it's really just natural. So that class, super stock truck, it's a fan favorite for a lot of reasons, but it's been super dramatic the last couple of years. Uh, you're kind of the embodiment of that just the last couple of weekends you had. So round six, you finished third. You had to pass Nick Bing on the final lap to get third place. Then round seven, two weeks later in Lena, you end up upside down. Is that just what you've come to expect out of super stock truck? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it is It is pretty unpredictable. Um, like you say, you can, you can be at the highest of highs and then next race or next weekend you can be at your lowest of lows and uh being able to push through all that is kind of how just the class works who can be the most persistent and uh just fight their way through so Braden, uh we talk about like your father being in super stock truck back seven eight years ago and you're in a championship truck from your cousin dan boshaw our cousin dan boshaw and I mean, is there any pressure on you? I mean, I know you're taking your time doing what you got to do. You're a really patient race car driver, but is there pressure and like big expectations out of them? You think? Um, I don't think from them necessarily. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, obviously, like you say, you got, I think four or five championships wrapped up in between my dad and Dan. So wanting to do the same and kind of follow in their footsteps has always been my goal. And that's what I kind of hope to do in this class before we look onward. Um, but no, I don't think, I don't think the pressure comes from them necessarily. I think I let it put, give myself a hard time and being able to, uh, kind of deal with myself and calm myself down right, to, right. uh, uh, perform on the track is my biggest, uh, I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that you put a lot of pressure on yourself because you seem so calm all the time. Right. So <laughs> how do you actually manage that? I mean, what is it like on say race day when you're you're dealing with the stress knowing that your race is a few races away. Man, I, I, I guess I just try and stay busy. I mean, we, I do, I do a lot better now. Uh, I'll give it that. Landing, lining up on uh, the starting line of Crandon for the first time was definitely a, uh, a little nerve uh, boost. But I don't, I don't know. It's just I think so many years of doing. I mean, I've been in Super Stock for three years, and then even going back to short course carts. Nobody believes me when I tell them, but even on the, the, the short course cart line, I was almost more nervous than I am now just after years <laughs> of doing starts and just kind of knowing what to expect. But yeah, I try and I, I just try and stay, I don't know, as calm as possible. And I think that's a, a key factor in how you can drive is how clean you can keep your head and not uh, let your emotions get the best of you and just stay in cool, calm and collected. It's interesting that you have kind of that battle to keep yourself calm. And it, it strikes me as kind of funny that your dad and anybody that knows him will agree with me here. He's like super fiery and competitive and, <laughs> and really out there all the time. Um, how do you two find the balance when you're working so closely together where, you know, you're trying to stay calm and he seems to always be, you know, at a nine out of 10. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's definitely been kind of a culture shock for him. I, we're almost, we almost kind of yin and yang each other out as far as, uh, opposite ends of the spectrum there, but him, he's had to, he's my spotter also. So him having to adapt to just kind of slow down and kind of mellow out is I'm sure tough on him, but, uh, no, we make it work and I think we make it work pretty good. 
Do you like Braden when you're racing those trucks, like, and you're going in it time and time again, even through your ups and downs? Does your dad try to coach you? I know he does because obviously we're cousins, but like, do you guys actually sit down and does he like walk you through turns? Does he walk you through different areas that he learned? Um, yeah, yeah, that's a little bit. Um, we'll do we'll do a track walk together usually at the opening part of the weekend, but we we like we bounce ideas off each other. And just you can look at the state of the track and where you think jumps are going to wear down and just almost kind of simple stuff, just being able to bounce it back and forth on each other. And then after the race weekend's done, we go back and we watch races. Just I mean, that's what we do normally, but we watch our races specifically uh, just right, to right. Kind of break down what's going on, see what see what other guys are doing, see what we're doing, see where it works, see where it doesn't. Do you have to strike a balance with him on that, too? Because obviously, you know, coming from carts and what seat time you do have in super stock you've got your own experiences and no doubt your own driving style so do you have to strike that balance with him too yeah yeah actually thanks for bringing that back up that's where i was going to lead with that is uh <laughs> we we definitely have our uh have our different driving styles um he was always used to driving it real real hard and just making work with what you got and i guess my drive i don't know how my driving style is different but you can always just kind of point out different uh attributes of each other and where they where you uh i don't know run race different i mean i think i'm a i can try and set up my corners a little bit more on exit i know my dad always used to gain ground coming into the corner he just just come into the corner as hard as he could and he knew he would have the same exit but i try and make my whole corner and i think it might be a horse apiece it might be faster slower i don't know but sometimes it you can find a scenario where his style works or where my style works it just track condition corner it all depends. And are you guys competitive with each other about it too? Like, you know, do you? Uh, no. Do you not? <laughs> Never. Do you hesitate to no. say I told you so? <laughs> uh, it's all lighthearted, obviously. We we try not to be uh, too tough on each other. But no, he 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 can take it and he'll give it right back. Is not he's not a slouch about it. Uh, yeah, I know that from talking to him uh, every weekend myself. So <laughs> even when you were a rookie, you were you came in at what sixteen years old. It, it seemed like you were always very businesslike. Um, you don't seem to get as caught up in what a lot of younger guys get caught up at the racetrack. I won't, I don't have to expand on that much, but you're, you're in the pit and you're working on your own truck. You're not, you're not out um, chasing parties or anything like that. Is that something that came from your dad or is that just how you always wanted to approach it? Uh, that's a, I think it's a mixture of both. Um, my dad's always kind of, we've always agreed from day one that, it's not going to be just uh, him or show or not me included. Right. So I got to, I'm very hands-on with everything that happens kind of. And uh, as far as like my side of the story, I just never, never got caught up in any of that. I never had any interests. I racing's always just been my like primary focus kind of, I don't know, wanting to go out and have a good time. I can do that underneath the, the race truck kind of, you know, so, Braden, let's get on to Bark River. We're coming into this weekend. I mean, it's our hometown track, your hometown track, since you've been a kid growing up around it. You guys like, got me outnumbered here. I'm the Crandon guy talking to <laughs> one two time, Bark River one kids. Time. Yeah, you got to have one. <laughs> so, like, obviously, I know it's special, but, I mean, is it really extra special to race this close? I know the pressure's huge. It's on your back a lot. But, I mean, is this what you look forward to, obviously, every year? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, this is uh, definitely my favorite track. Um, granted, I've only raced here one time in in Superstock, uh, 
obviously racing carts, but it's nothing like racing in a full size truck. Um, but no, no, the hometown hometown crowd is definitely something else. Um, you try not to think about it too much because, like you say, you'll get you get worked up and then you get nervous and then uh, you're just not going to be able to do as well as you uh, normally do. So yeah, just staying calm. I mean, you see all your 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 family, every every family member, some family members you didn't the even think. You got, yeah, the weekend <laughs> friends, the friends you haven't seen in a, like years, uh, family bad. members that make the long haul. I got family coming from downstate down in lower Wisconsin. I mean, they're, everybody's coming up for this one. This is definitely our, our favorite race to be at. So you mentioned that you didn't get to race there in 2020, your rookie year in Superstock. Obviously, that was the COVID season where everything was upside down. Going back to last year, you did have a fifth place finish there on uh, the first day of the event, and then the second day you got tangled up in another driver's crash. What does it take to be competitive and run up in the top three at Bark River? What does the track itself demand from you? Man, it, it's it's a lot of it's it's all over the place. Yeah, I think I think Bark River is the the perfect combination of you got your high speed where the truck can really stretch its legs. You got your short and technical, almost like a Lena coming through the infield, and then you got your high speed technical, which almost kind of resembles an ERX, but I think it's um I think it's a lot faster. Um, you're coming through Cemetery, and then you got your switchback up to uh, the Cooper Tire Hill. Uh, I think it's I mean our luck there hasn't been the greatest last year that when super stock was kind of a mess we like you say got tangled up the first day managed to scavenge a fifth and then i actually rolled on sunday which doesn't put a uh, good name on my record for uh <laughs> my record at Bar yeah, well, river but welcome to your hometown track yeah yeah basically it's um, done with it's over <laughs> yeah that's that's the uh, that's the goal so even with all that setback still being my favorite track, I think that says something. So what is it actual? I mean, we're talking on Monday night as we're recording, and it's uh, four days until green flags fly at Bark River. What does your actual race week look like preparing not only your truck, but uh, preparing yourself mentally for, for another weekend? Yeah, um, it's a lot of just kind of sitting there visualizing. I mean, rate, I don't I do not do much else besides race at this point. My summers are pretty, pretty occupied working a, a seven to three. And then coming home and working on the race truck until whenever I can, and then doing it all over again. I'll do that till Wednesday, and then after that, it'll be full guns a blazing towards uh, towards making it to Bark River. Where trucks, as far as the truck goes, we're sitting real good. Just uh, some kind of last minute tweaks and messing around, but yeah, mentally is just I don't know. Try not to try not to think about it too much, but you also want to kind of go in knowing what to expect. So visualizing laps i do i do a lot of eye racing when i can they got a uh, bark around eye racing so i try and just let my head kind of clear but at the same time just know what you got coming up always always really hard not to be thinking about what you're gonna do especially coming into bark river i mean you have two podiums on the year two top fives do you feel like this is this is your your hometown track this is your turning point i mean the momentum's been there but do you think that maybe you could throw a win down at bark river yeah i mean obviously i'll knock on wood i'll do whatever i gotta do to not jinx it but i i feel real good coming I got this you. weekend no like you say our consistency's been there uh just was unfortunate through the first kind of half of the season we were getting caught up in kind of wrecks that weren't our fault necessarily 
and uh, some setbacks, which set us far back into the points. So I've been trying to make a points recovery throughout the whole season. So our starts haven't been the greatest, but finally we're in some decent invert positions. So hopefully we can uh, start a little bit closer up to the front because every race so far this season, I've had to drive from, I think, 10th, 11th, and I managed to make my way up there, but never close enough to uh, get all the way up there. (laughs) Yeah, the races are so short too. And I, I think the short length of the races is part of why Superstock is the way it is right? oh, so times because 100% there's there's you know eight ten guys that could finish on the podium any weekend and all those guys are driving as hard as they can to try to push to the front yeah you have a definitely have a stacked group of guys and putting us on a on a track for nine minutes plus two laps is i want to say it it makes it tough especially Everybody gets a connotation in their head that they have no time. They got to push to the front as as close as they can, or as fast as they can. And to some extent, that's that's right. I mean, you got the halfway caution, which levels everything back out. So, but it seems like that caution comes so quick, and it's like you. I remember back when we were racing with your dad, and that, and it was like you. It seemed like you had a lot more time. Where okay, if I get up in the fifth, fourth before the mandatory, I got a shot. Now it's like it's a sprint race. Yep. Yeah, it definitely feels that way, um, especially like you say with the with the cautions coming almost so early, you get kind of separated and at least in a single file line, and then here comes the caution back out. But you make do with what you got. I mean, everybody else has got nine minutes, so we just gotta make it work. Hey, so I want to switch gears a little bit um, beyond the the boundaries of the racetrack, so to speak. Uh, you're already a super accomplished guy off the racetrack. You were a valedictorian, right? Uh, class president class, close class president still an accomplishment you got a scholarship to go to michigan tech this fall you're obviously on your way to to big things but is racing something that you see yourself doing for the long haul too yeah i mean i've been obviously i've been tossing this up in the air because the question is kind of impending as it gets closer and closer and i hope so i mean i i love racing with all my heart i've been doing it for 18 years ever since i was born so to continue would be would be the dream but obviously I know I have my whole life ahead of me and taking a few years off wouldn't totally wreck any or like myself, but I definitely want to put every effort I can into keeping doing this. I can, uh, I can go to college here. I'm actually, I actually leave for college um, the week after Bark River. So in between Cranon and Bark River, I move into college. So I'll be making the drive back from Michigan tech for, uh, for fall Crandon. But we get out of school in uh, early May, late April. So that's enough time to still prep a truck and hopefully be ready for the summer of 2023. Are you looking forward to the uh, those first couple days of classes where you have to do the, the stupid icebreakers and go around and say a fact about yourself and you get to say, yeah, I drive a, a badass race truck in the most cool sport in the world? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my name is uh, Braden Beauchamp and I drive race trucks for fun. So that's my, that'll be my icebreaker. No, like, I think, sit down. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll be they'll be like, yeah, right. And then I'll have to get my phone and show them flow racing. Yeah, N- nice plug. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> so what? I mean, if if everything goes as well as you could plan it, how far do you go in off road, or do you move beyond off road into some other discipline? What's your What's your racing dream? Yeah, I. That's a That's a good question. I, I guess I. I like to think I I've thought about this before, but I I guess I really haven't. I mean the I guess I can look more short term. The the dream in 
super stock is to win the points championship. And I want to do that before I kind of move on. I mean, obviously you could move on before then, but just as a little personal thing, like, like with, uh, like Dan and my dad, just having kind of three Boshaws having, uh, points championships would be, would be huge. But for the future, I mean, there's, there's pro classes you could jump into. I don't know. I think pro light would be cool. Pro two. I mean, all those pro classes, holy crap. I guess I, I can't just pick one. No, you have, to, you have to commit right now and whichever one you yeah, choose. Yeah, you yeah, you got to pick one. <laughs> We're holding you by contract. No. And as far as other disciplines, I mean, I've, I've dabbled a little bit in uh, circle track uh, racing, micro sprints. And that's that's a lot of fun, too. But you'll never get an adrenaline rush like uh, coming through turn one and racing off road. So, no, I guess I'm not totally sure what my future plans hold, but hopefully driving something fast. That's all I hope for. Well, dude, I mean, it's been awesome. It's so cool to catch up with you. I know you're busy. You guys are probably going to be up till wee hours of the night again, thrashing on that truck. I'm sure your dad's going nuts right now, just trying to get every duck in a row like normal. But that's so cool, the passion you guys have for it. Yeah, yeah, we like to be we like to be meticulous over here. Um, you don't you don't catch us not working on something, even at the track. It, it's, <laughs> we will sit down to relax and it, it just doesn't feel right. We'll, we'll be saying to each other, man, I feel like we got to be working on something. So, so the worth ethic work ethic, sorry, is definitely there. And, uh, we're excited. Well, Hey, we look forward to uh, seeing you try to walk the fine line this weekend in Bark river. And we appreciate you taking some time, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I love listening to the podcast. So to be on, it was, is awesome. All right. We'll catch up with you this weekend. Yeah. See you guys there. Champ Off-Road fans, remember to visit Amsoil.com for products that protect and maximize performance in all your vehicles and motorized toys. Use the convenient Amsoil product guides to find what you need and to get fast, free shipping on all orders over $100. Amsoil, run with us. Well, Brent, I was thinking about this. So it's a tight schedule this part of the season. Tough to get guests on when the turnaround is so quick, but... This is like our 24th podcast together, and we've never really used it to promote ourselves at all. So we're going to do some shameless self-promotion here. Let's talk about you a little bit. Do you, uh, You're coming to your home track this week in Bark River. It's your, your hometown, born and raised in the Upper Peninsula. Do you have a favorite Bark River memory? Yeah, Shane, I have a lot of great memories coming into Bark River, especially this year. Just thinking about all the days with my twin brother and my mom and dad sitting on the hill watching the great drivers of Art Schmidt, the Vandermissens, John Grease when he used to run buggies, back when Kurt LeDuke ran, I mean, Jeff St. Peter. I could go on for days just sitting on that hill feeling those trucks and those buggies go by, and I just fell in love with it at a young age. And just like you, we just love this sport to death, and I mean, that's just a fond memory. That's just one of many. So your story, though, doesn't really start at Bark River. Your first off-road race was Crandon, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we went up to the cottage when we were like four years old and my dad and my mother would be like, ah, maybe next year we'll go. And eventually we got to go at like four or five, I think it was. I'm not sure. But we once we got there, I'll tell you, we were hooked and never really thought about becoming a race car driver at that young age. But to be around it, like we fell in love with going to the awnings going to get our favorite driver's signatures, bringing back those fiberglass panels like we give a hard time about all the kids and the parents, like stealing the hoods from the guys in the corner because, hey, they're not going to use it no more. Can you sign it? Put it up in the garage. It just, 
the memories about being around it just go on for days. So uh, I used to go to Bark River when I was a, a really young kid up until I was maybe five or six years old. Uh, my dad at the time was working with Jack Flannery. So I traveled to a lot of races, you know, with my mom and my sister just following my dad around. I don't have any memories of being a kid at Bark River, but as I started traveling to all the events in my late teens, when I first got into announcing, Bark River for me has built so many great memories, and I do have one from my adult life. So uh, a driver that I was helping out back in, I think, 2013, Justin Keener. Uh, by the way, Justin, if you're listening, we'd love to have you come back and race with us. We miss you. He had built a, a new super stock truck. And for one whole season, he let other people drive the old super stock truck. I got to jump behind the wheel at Bark River. So uh, you and I share that, at least. We both raced at Bark River. Let the record show I took 13th out of 17 trucks in super stock truck. So a uh, bit of wheel man myself. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool, though, because you got the opportunity to do it. I know a lot of kids sit on that hill, grow up later in life, and don't get a shot. I've been very lucky to get to run a lot in off-road racing and i don't feel like i want to be done yet in the sport but just like you to get that feel that truck or that buggy feeling how fast it feels in real life i mean we could watch it up on the hill all day long but to get to do it it's so cool and i mean we both share that at bark river the elevation changes i mean the speeds and then you go back and you watch pro light pro 2 pro 4 and you're just overwhelmed yeah, it's uh, there's no thrill like being in an off-road car. I'll I'll say that much. Even the limited amount I've driven, obviously you have, you know, 25 times more seat time than I do. But let's talk a little bit more about that. So you were a racer. What made you decide to make the jump into announcing? Well, it was a lot to deal with the money, I'll be honest. I mean, we wanted to keep going. My twin brother and I, we weren't one to take out credit cards. My dad was always making us do it the right way. If you didn't have the money, we're not going to do it. So like you guys we were, were you guys were sportsman racers, the truest sense of the word. You guys were scraping money together just to put your stock truck back together for the next race weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, back in the day, probably what, 2003 through 2011, 12. I mean, I remember we weren't making 600 bucks a week. Yeah, so Shane, the money really did get tight. So my brother and I really backed away and we got into sprint car racing and then that led into me getting away kind of from the driving of the off-road gig. And I studied up and went to school, went for electronic journalism at Northern Michigan University. And once I finished up there, I decided I wanted to do some off-road announcing. And I luckily got a shot to get in the booth. And from there on, I fell in love with it. It was, I could be around the sport. It was still around off-roads. And I always thought like maybe someday it would help me get back into a truck because I knew the money wasn't there. So we didn't really get bummed about it. We're just like, okay, we'll keep our driving up and we'll drive sprint cars and drive circle track, just keep our mind on the wheel and I'll announce and hopefully something happens. And now I get to work with you, Shane. And it's awesome because we both come from a small town and we love this sport to death so being an announcer now it yeah i'm bummed not being in the seat but getting to be behind the scenes and getting a call play by play that's where my real excitement is i love getting to do what we get to do this is kind of a dream job in a sense you know we get to be race fans but um at an elevated level where we're behind the scenes we're so immersed in it and that's really my background you know i was not a regular racer. I wouldn't even call myself a racer of any stripe, but I grew up basically in the dirt at Crandon 
at the racetrack. Uh, my dad, you know, a lot of the listeners would know this about me, but many of them won't, that my dad was involved at the track in Crandon from the day that they bought the property it's on now. Yeah, I literally grew up there at the racetrack. By the time I was, I think, 11, 12 years old, I was working alongside the announcers, just kind of helping them with, you know, odd jobs or kind of being a gopher type, you know, grabbing food, watching the radios, just keeping them informed, things like that. And were you always, did you always like listen in though? Did you always want to be an announcer or did you just say, hey, you know, I get to be around it or did you look forward to like maybe someday doing it? You know, it was never something that I had my eyes on. I should have known better because, you know, much later my mom told me, yeah, when you were a little kid, we, we used to quiz you and, you know, every every class, any car that drove by, we'd say, who's that driver? And you'd look at the car and know exactly who it was. So my parents saw it coming, but I, I didn't necessarily see it the same way. But yeah, then when I was like 15, 16 years old, I remember uh, one of the announcers at the track at the time, his name was Dean Norell. Dino, I hope you hear this, but uh, he told me for years, just because of the, the knowledge I had accumulated just from living there, basically, he said, hey, man, one day this is going to be you on the microphone. And I always shot it down or, you know, laughed it off. I said, ah, there's no way I'm not going to be able to, you know, that that's not for me. And then uh, the following year, I was 17 years old. Uh, the shootout race was about to happen. And Jay Schaefer turned around, handed me the microphone. And he said, all right, you're up. So I had no choice. I jumped in and rest is history, as they say, I guess. <laughs> I was 17 years old, uh, announced in front of 45,000 people as a debut. And then two days later, I went no to pressure, uh, my, no pressure. Yeah. Two days later, I went to my first day of my senior year of high school and uh, basically was hooked on it from that point on. And just like you, I, I love that we get to do this. Like I said, we're, we have the best vantage point to be racing fans. And I think that's what you and I both enjoy bringing to it too, is that first and foremost, we're just huge fans of off-road racing. We love it top to bottom. I, I tell people this off the microphone all the time. Like we don't fake our excitement, whether Absolutely it's 170s, not. whether no. it's one seventies or light buggies or pro light or pro four or a shootout race. It doesn't matter. We're not faking that. We just love off-road racing that much. I always feel like if, we're the ones that are the fans out there. I want to be informed. I want to be excited. I don't care if it's light buggy or pro four. These people come to watch their favorite drivers and our sportsman drivers bring a lot of fans and it makes our passion come out from being a fan growing up from me being a racer, you get behind the wheel. I mean, I just, I can't think of any more excitement when we get to announce. I mean, I love to get behind the wheel but when pro light pro two pro four super stock truck, when those classes come up, that is like getting behind the wheel when we get to announce it, because I feel that adrenaline. I feel that rush. Let's, let's put an end to uh, blowing our own horns too much, but I, I do want to peel back the curtain a little bit and talk about, you know, the work that we put in. So race week, you know, it's Tuesday night as we're recording this portion of the show and bark rivers three days away, three nights away now. How do you prepare for a race? What's going on behind the scenes that people maybe don't recognize? Well, what I like to do is I like to watch the previous races from the year before. Like if we're at Crandon in the fall, obviously I run, I watch the last year fall race and I'll watch the spring run. Just like Bark River, I've probably watched, I don't even know, I couldn't even throw hours, like just listening a lot. Not even us, like broadcasting it from different years and everything just to learn different things to talk about because you don't want to be repetitious and keep saying the same stuff. 
but like just prepared, just watching more film and getting more familiar with the drivers and what they do. So then when we do play-by-play, we do call, we have kind of more of an idea what goes on. And I know you, Shane, I mean, you can tell the people back at home, you, you go nuts with the notes. We call you guy, our stats guy, because I'll tell you, like you do a lot of work and it means the world coming from me. Cause you make my job easier and you're very smart at what you do. But I mean, just tell the people what you do to get ready. I do two things. I uh, cruise social media. Like I watch social media, like a hawk the last couple of days leading up to a race because uh, drivers and drivers, if you're listening, please post stuff on social media because that's where I get like 90% of my information. And then I take meticulous notes, as you know, uh, pages and pages and pages of notes that take me hours to put together for a race. I sound a lot smarter than I am because a lot of the time I can glance down and see some facts and figures I have written down. You know, one of the most fun parts of our job is we get to the track the night before the race or the afternoon before the race, and we just cruise around talking to people. That's one of the most fun parts, but uh, you can absorb a lot of information there as well. Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head because, I mean, everybody's so nice out there. So we try to put in our memory bank for the next day. Okay, what happened? Did he break an axle? Did he break the ring and pinion? Did he blow the motor? Like we can throw that stuff. So people at home go, oh, how did he know that went down? They have to understand we go do and that's that's our homework as well. And in school, I had to study really, really hard to learn something. But like it seems like in off roads and stuff that we really enjoy, like announcing, it just sticks to us. And that's what I love about announcing. Yeah, I think your answer there really encapsulates how fun off road racing is for us, how, how fun it is to be involved on the level that we are. You also touched on something else too: the generosity of people in the pits and around the racetrack. Short course off road racing is such a tremendous community. For any of you fans who only watch on Flow Race and you haven't made it to a race yet, you really got to come out and hang out with us. I'm telling you, it's a, a such a unique group of people. Uh, people from all walks of life are there, racing off-road trucks, cars, side-by-sides. You have to come experience that. It's it's such a great community, and that's, again, another part of it that I love so much. But I, let's let's cut it a little bit off here, Brent. We're getting long-winded talking about ourselves. That's not the, not the best content for the people. But I want to I want to end with one more question. What's your favorite off road memory? It doesn't have to be a driving memory or you know as a fan, as an announcer, anything. What's your favorite off road memory? I would have to say '99 when we had about 14, 15 Pro Fours back when I was in the seventh grade, and it was just crazy. Like I couldn't sleep at night going to Bark River. Because that's what we waited for all summer long is to see those big trucks high flying. And I think our sport was healthy back then, just like it is right now. And that's my fondest memory. I always remember the first time they got air off that big hill. And now it's like, man, ERX, they send it off of there. Crandon, they're flying like Bark River. Like that's just another thing is to watching them sky through the air. And that's my fondest memory. I mean, what's your, what's your fondest memory of, I mean, you've been to a lot of racetracks. You've been around the country. You've been to a lot of great places. What's your favorite memory in off-roads? Now, this is a rare time where I've asked you a question where I didn't have my own answer in mind. It's it's almost impossible for me to pick. The feeling of being a young fan, I can still remember how excited I get, and I still get to tap into it sometimes. But, you know, being at Crandon when I was like four or five years old, knowing that the the big trucks were coming out just like you you know i i remember being the little kid that would get as close to the fence as i could before my mom would tell me i had to back up a little bit 
cheering on my guys, Jack Flannery, Walker Evans, whoever it was in, in whichever class was out there. But, you know, I remember that feeling so blown away by it all. Once in a while, I still get that same feeling. That's that's how I know I belong in the sport. Yeah, I know the feeling, man. And and that's the passion that you and I have for it. I mean, we're coming into Bark River, dude. Like, we're getting announced the best racers in the world. And I just think it's so cool because the track's awesome. The people are awesome. The racing is just over the top. And we're past the halfway point. We talked about points battles. It's on. And we have a lot of great points battles going on. And I just can't wait to see it lay out. I couldn't tell you who's going to win. Yeah, four points rounds left for the sportsmen. Only three points rounds left for the pros. It's going to be tight. The action's going to be hot, just like we talked about. Maybe some drama spills over in Bark River again, just like it did one year ago. But make sure that you don't miss it. We will be on Flow Racing all weekend long, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time, because we're in the Upper Peninsula, just across the uh, time zone line. 10 Eastern time, Saturday morning from Bark River. You're not going to want to miss it. For Shane Stetsney, I'm Brent Smith, and we'll see you next time on the Champ Off-Road Podcast, presented by Amsoil. Thanks for listening to the Champ Off-Road Podcast, presented by Amsoil.